There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Welcome to In The Pink, the podcast with me, Natalie Pinkham, where I speak to an interesting cross-section of people all about their lives. And my guest this week is Doddy Weir, the Scottish rugby legend. He's got 61 caps to his name, and his six foot six, 109 kilogram frame is matched by an equally big personality. Motor neurone disease, for those who don't know, you may have become aware of it during the Ice Bucket Challenge, is a fatal, rapidly progressing condition that affects the brain and the spinal cord. It leaves sufferers unable to move, talk, and eventually breathe. It kills a third of those diagnosed within just a year, and more than half within two. Here on this podcast, how Doddy, an immensely popular, witty and wonderful man, is coping with his diagnosis of this brutal condition. As you're about to discover, his response has been nothing short of astonishing. Now, Doddy, I'm going to say with some conviction here that you are one of the most popular people in world sport. Now, I know your modesty will prevent you from agreeing with me, but my argument is that given the global outpouring of support and love after your diagnosis with motor neurone disease, you're right up there. The support has been unbelievable, but lovely to see you here, first Aww. of all, Alice. Yeah, you, you were making the old boys very happy, thinking they've got this lovely, lovely lady to come and speak to them. And I had to usher you away. You should have seen the disappointment on their faces. <laughs> so I think at the moment you're more popular than I am. Melbourne, my company. first time here. Yes. Beautiful. We'll get you up on the, on the wall there. There's a lot of good memories. So I'd be honoured. Lovely that you've travelled all the distance to get here as well. So thank you very much for that. But yet the question is unbelievable. Um, can't understand why because the friends and family that I'll have will know that, that they can't understand it either. I'm a fashion disaster. I <laughs> come from a little village called Blainsley that maybe has 30 houses maximum. So this, this support and generosity that we received is very humbling, very difficult to take sometimes, very emotionally driven as well with the reason behind it. But I think, as you mentioned, it's the support and the love that the, the rugby and the wider public have uh, amassed and are doing to a lot of people within the, the support that maybe are not that well or have a, a story like myself. But the story's there, and I think capitalises on as well. The story of MND basically is there's nothing there to try and help us. So if you've got MND, then you're in a bit of trouble. Uh, mm. Terminal illness, one drug 22 years ago, and that's all that's been done. So there's no options, there's no chances. Uh, you're in a bit of a pickle, and that's been my fight now. That's my drive, that's my statement. And behind that, there's so many lovely people mm. getting on. Uh, behind the fight as well and helping not just myself which is an important thing but uh, but all other people with MND um, and people with neurological issues as well I think are hopefully are going to find that there's a there's a, a cure or a solution somewhere behind the scenes mm. you are lovely this will be a difficult interview there yeah. oh, I just um, I, I, can't, I can't imagine what it's like being in the middle looking out seeing all this support because you were diagnosed December 2016 you chose not to go public till till June um why was there that gap was this a case of trying to process it yourself 
No, the process was quite easy for myself, difficult for the family. Um, but there was a reason behind that it took so long. So I probably had an idea that I had MND six months maybe prior, a year prior to that, because I basically stuck my hand in a door on the farm, a big heavy door, and thought I broke a bone in my left hand. But being involved in rugby farming, kind of wake up, oh, it'll be fine by Monday. Uh, but Monday it wasn't that fine, so three months later I decided to have a wee look and get something done because I lost a bit of power in that and then my, my skin started twitching so I had a wee look at the lovely Google yeah. and then realised uh-uh we're in a bit of trouble I knew a bit about it because I used Van der Vesse's and met him a number of times in Edinburgh and then just really thought right here we go um, there's no unique test to mm -hmm. let you know that you've got MND so you had to go through quite a number of tests one was brain scanning. Yes, all my mates are saying they didn't find there <laughs> something there anyway. Numerous of blood tests. Um, you lumbar puncture was oh, quite tender. That's very painful, isn't it? It was a sore yeah. one, but again, you had to go through that because these are more of elimination. So yeah. you do all this to say that your blood looks fine, your lumbar puncture is fine. So then, big list as well. Shock therapy. You get needles put into you and see how your muscles react uh, and doing that. So all these show that you've ultimately got MND. Mm -hmm. So in December 2016, I think it was the 23rd of December, a good oh, lady... Just before Christmas. Yeah. Oh. But again, there was probably no good date. But mm. yeah, before Christmas, and what made it maybe worse is my mum was got quite bad cancer oh. at the time. So so we were having Christmas at my sister's on behalf of my mum all together again. And so that wasn't the best. So good lady and I... <clears throat> She was a bit more emotional once it was officially said. Mm. It was always expected from us. Probably because of the rugby, actually. I always thought of the bad news during the rugby. So any game that I played, I thought, oh, I'm going to get dropped here. So when no, I got selected, I did, honestly. That's the way well, that just I just preparing yourself for the worst. Yeah, preparing yourself for the worst. So when the, uh. when the, when the news that I did get dropped, I went, oh, OK, I need to try a little bit harder. But when I got selected, it was me. <laughs> God, I've got another game, who can believe that? Thanks very much, Mr Telfer. So that kind of prepared me for the, the bad and awful news that that we got. Mm. So December came about. We didn't tell the family we kept it quiet over Christmas and oh New Year. Oh, my God, how did you do that? Well, it was quite tricky. i tell you why that was probably the hardest part is because the professor actually said, in a year's time, you will be coming into my surgery in a wheelchair. He couldn't tell me the timetable of living. Because the general uh, life expectancy is between one and three years. Mm. So that was a worry. That was a bit of a, a dilemma then. Knowing right what we've got to do with the kids because they're teenagers. Uh, by this time, none but a girlfriend, which is still don't, by the way, which is a bit annoying me to try and catch that up. <laughs> but one's just going, the oldest is just going and pass his driving test mm. recently. So again, that was a nice text box for me to see that. Once he's finished his school, so again, in a year and 18 months since diagnosed, there's a few tick boxes, which is quite nice. But at the time, you did did not know. Did not know how quick this this MND would, would affect me. So, yeah, it was a very tricky time, mm. not knowing. Did they pick up on, you know, you, you can't have been your normal ebullient self, put it that way? Did well, they I, think we were, no, I think we were okay because the, the symptoms weren't that severe. No, but I mean in terms of your your mood over Christmas. Not, not... Must have been hard. No, not really. No? No, I don't think they did because we were able to maybe hide it. Oh, the mood is, yeah, be thankful there with the family. Yeah. Be there with my mum, who the cancer was still here, by the way, which is quite nice. That's amazing. It is. Um, so the story, yeah. Not being that religious, it was mm. quite... Difficult to try and put it, and I think I had a wee look, I had a bad car accident about 20 years ago where it tipped the car upside down, every panel was wasted, the, my driver's side door got ripped off, uh, one thing or another, the, the roof ended up onto the headdress of the car, and it was only me that was involved, and, and from that day on I had a different attitude to life, thinking, well, if him upstairs wanted a rugby player, we'd be we would be up there at that time, but mm. he obviously said no for a certain reason because I was probably rubbish at rugby, really. <laughs> Just tall. So, so with that, I had a different attitude. My brother-in-law, in a way, he was the local farmer, very good at sheep. He died about three years ago. 
very semi-healthy. One night woke up and then boom, got taken away. And this is where I thought, I'm upstairs. We need a shepherd to look after my sheep. Boom. There we go. So what did he die from? Um, not very sure. Heart oh, failure or one thing or oh another. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Well, yeah, but it, it's a story that we are, that you've got to enjoy yourself while yeah. you can because you, you kind of stay in shape and enjoy yeah. yourself for the future, yeah. but sometimes the future doesn't get it. So with that and all that beginning again, not being that religious, I think him upstairs, this is right, this MND is really annoying me. So who are we going to try and sort out? Um, yeah, 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 right, we are. This is your chance. You were let off before. Go out there and let's see what you can do with MND. And that's the way that I've looked upon it. Really, what well, quite fatalistic about it. Yeah. And, I mean, I've heard you talk about, and I've heard you sort of use your profile, if you like, to really raise awareness for this, and, and done it incredibly successfully. I mean, I got off the train at Edinburgh, and there's posters for MND Scotland yeah. all along the platforms. You know, I, I've never seen that before, about a condition that so few people know about. Obviously, things like the Ice Bucket Challenge did massive amounts of mm-hmm. awareness and making people understand the condition. Is that, in a way, a pressure or a privilege for you, given your position? Because this is a deeply personal and traumatic journey that you're going on, but you're also having to share it with a wider public. The emotional area is getting quite tricky now because back to the timetable, you see, we told the family in January and they were all quite devastated because ultimately it's a terminal issue. There's mm-hmm. been no one that... Uh, has won the battle as yet. Some people last a little bit longer, but the way of life is pretty horrific. Mm. They, they really communicate with their eyes, that's all they've got left. Mm. So with that, it, w- it was quite an emotional drive. So we knew, we told the family in January, we're going to release the knowledge to everyone during the Six Nations. And then we kept it back for one thing or another. And then we're going to release it maybe in June. But my boys had exams and we'll write what the school and school boys might do when they know that your dad's not very well. So that's why we decided to do it in June. And it just happened to coincide with MND Awareness Day. And at the same time, I promised the kids that I would take them on a Lions tour. So ideally, it would be quite good to go on the Lions to South Africa, which would be four years time when I got diagnosed mm. but the worry and the concern the way the professor said I might not actually make it God. so that's why we brought it we went to New Zealand and that's why people go, oh you're going to New Zealand yeah, yeah 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 not really telling them why but that was the reason behind that so it worked in exceptionally well when we were in New Zealand the the sim card was out the phone we were on the plane at the time and then it all broke and then from then it's oh. just snowballed to be where we are but the story really is, is when I got told, and the frustration is there's nothing that can be done mm. to anybody. One drug, and that's been now 22 years ago. It's never been advanced or updated. So at the moment, when you've got MND, you've got no chance. You've got no options. Are you surprised as well in this day and age, there's no diagnostic test, as you say, is a process of elimination. That just seems so archaic to me. And, and, and actually, quite soul-destroying, because every time you go back, you go, well, I know it's not this now. What else is it? And then gradually, I mean, from talking to, to people who've had it, I, I lost a friend to it um, back in 2007, yeah. Jared Cunningham, yeah. who you'll know, obviously, through rugby. Um, but Because that was the thing, is, you see, originally it was maybe like an oldies. You get, yeah, you and it's young people getting it. Yeah, they do. And Jared Cunningham's an example, and yeah. that's what's, I think, taken the, the story on and the yeah. support. We talked about Hughes van der Bessing yeah. as well. He's put a global spin to it as well, tried mm. everything, unfortunately nothing worked, which is very sad. And, yeah. and it, it's devastating to the family mm. uh, in a way because it's such a debilitating disease. In a way that your muscles in your legs stop so you can't walk anywhere, your muscles in your arms stop so you can't. Just doing day-to-day things mm. like buttons, cutting your food up, pulling your trousers and socks on, get mm. harder and harder every day. Your speech and your swallowing disappears. Your diaphragm stops working so you can't oxygenate yourself. And the whole body gets so disabled that all you do is... And it's horrific in today's. And that's what's given me the drive and determination to go out there and say, look, this is just not on. Mm. And on the back of that, the support's just been staggering. It's Mm. just... From day one, we set a, a trust up because it took a little while to get the foundation together, Charitable Foundation, and the team behind has been been pretty exemplary. One good friend of yours, Jill Douglas, is leading the way. What a woman. What a woman. 
she is extraordinary mm. lovely girl she's she has been a bundle of positive energy and oh, and, so that, nice. and that is certainly something that I mean, I'm loath to say that positive mental attitude will increase your life expectancy. But when I talk to Jared, I mean, he, he went for seven years with MND, which is pretty astonishing. But then you look at outliers like Stephen Hawking, 55 years. I mean, it's pretty astonishing. But when I say I'm loath to say that your attitude changes things, I know that people will listen to this podcast and go, trust me, I've got a positive mental attitude, but I can't fight these symptoms. You know, there is a physical condition ravaging me as we speak and however positive I am I can't stop that but certainly it must help to have a smile on your face every morning well it does especially meet you today that's yeah. going to let me smile for many a week and one for a year <laughs> to come uh, but yes yeah, and that's exactly what life is about and I think mm. that they call it biomarkers to, to see where you mm. are against not having a positive so a negative attitude against positive now there's not a lot being put together for MND either so it does Lemonade work, does red wine work, does eating beef over chicken work, does having sunshine hours work better, drinking soya milk, eating proteins or vitamins. Now, there's not a lot of that being done. Does exercise, which is a big thing for myself, mm. work? Now, that's the other sad point of where we are. The doctors and the professors don't go, right, we've done this, boom, there's a sheet of trying try this. Mm. So all MND patients at the moment, again, have got to find their own way. Yeah. So I'm looking at a chiropractor I met some nine or ten months ago, and he's been phenomenal, Donald Francis. Because the link in the medical side, he, seemingly I think there's an issue between your brain and your muscles. And mm. what he's doing is open the gate, open the door, so cricking your neck, doing things with your body to get it back in line, to try and get the flow of the, the fluid between that to try and help. But also he's given me this positive attitude to say if you don't use it, you lose it, and the basics like muscle wastage and mm. keep the positive chat. Mm. And that's the way that I'm going forward at the moment, and it's certainly working for me, but having a smile on your face. And I think with the support that we found has certainly made a big difference for myself. Mm. And one area was I was in the gym, believe it or not, maybe it just looked like that at the moment. I was doing a bit of core on my elbow, and I couldn't move my elbow. And then not being able to move it out, I thought, right, here we go. MND's got a hold of my shoulder and my elbow. This maybe about six, eight months ago. I thought I'm in a bit of trouble. But went to the chiropractor, Donald, and he did something on my shoulder. Then I was able to, to move it again. And that gave me so much positive energy to thinking, well, all the aches and pains might not be MD-faced. There could be some sort of maybe rugby or something injury that's along right. me. So from that day on, we go to see him once, twice a week, and he's been phenomenally helpful but yeah again it goes to the support that I'm able to get out there and talk about the issues and the issues basically are as people haven't got an option they've got no extra drugs which I guess also would be a reason why you just want to curl up and and surrender to it I remember um hearing about um you remember Tom Watson the the, mm. the golfer and his uh, his caddy Mark Edwards I think it was got motor neuron disease and he died within, well, I mean, very quickly, I'd have to check, but within a year, I'm sure. Now, he was a Christian man, from what I understand, and he, it was his feeling that this was, this was God's will and that, you know, prayer would help, and I'm, and I'm sure it did to an extent, but he, he was very um, accepting of it and, and really didn't want to fight it in the same way that, that others do. Um, I guess I'm, what I'm getting at is that it is such a personal approach you know nobody because there's so little research out there about it and so little understanding of it so much of it is down to you to how you respond definitely yeah but also the condition works in different ways right. and again 18 months into after diagnosis I'm very fortunate because like you mentioned here Tom Watson's caddy we get a number of emails sent to the foundation um, and with that, there was one particular one which rem remains in my mind for a long time. And people ask, how are you getting on? And well, this brother-in-law of, of the patient with MND said, my brother-in-law got MND in September 2017 and died in December, three months after, okay. being told he was 38 years of age and had kids two and five. So, so I just like these... And then I'm 10 years further on, my kids are 10 years further on. So when you hear stories like that, mm -hmm. then... 
I've lived a lot longer and I feel very happy to do that and just to say, look, stop moaning, get on with it because mm. there's people mm. worse off than yourself mm. in a different way. Mm. It's a bit like, you know when you wake up with a hangover and somebody no, else I don't know got, what you're talking about. <laughs> and someone's got a worse hangover than you, yeah. you feel all the much better. So in a bizarre <laughs> way, that's how I right. kind of feel that we're here, we have the condition, but there's a lot of people that are not as lucky as you are in some way with it. And then... And again, there is a lot of people who are diagnosed and two or three months later they're, they're in, a, in a terrible area. And we're lucky, I think, again, you, you talked to biomarkers before, there's no way of knowing your timetable. Mm. And that, to me, originally was quite annoying. Have mm. I got six months with the kids before I'm totally disabled? Have I got eight months? Have I got three months? What's actually happening? You don't know. And that was quite a hard thing to take on board. So now it looks like I've got a little bit time, but that is, is that another six months? Is that another year I've got before I'm uh, not very well? Mm. I really don't know. Whenever um, Stephen Hawking was asked about his condition and why he thought he'd lasted this unprecedented amount of time, um, he said, I've just got so much to do. You know, he's got so much to pack in. And I guess, well, I want to know how much you think you can determine your prognosis. I think what Stephen had, and I think it, somebody asked me about his death. How did I feel? And I was mm. could, could have shed a little tear in some ways because he was a role model to patients with MND. And I think what he's done is phenomenal, living the way he has in the, the years. But if I can say it from my mind, he died, and it means that MND's taken someone else away. So there's not a role model of that. There's another one gone to MND, and that's what I thought originally, thinking, oh, it's one again. So that's just why we've got to work a little bit harder for people to keep living. So he was quite inspirational to say, well, you can live for 50 years with it, but now he's gone. Mm -hmm. So that was quite a sad moment in my mind, and I don't know if other people were thinking that way, but he was phenomenal living that way. But the worry is, or the thought that I have, and a personal thought, would you, would you like to live that way? And that's mm -hmm. the question that we can't, really answer because you've got no option to be honest with you you've got to get on with it and and live in a way that you communicate with your eyes and that's the technology that you can put together now so on your ipad exactly i've gone and and uh, put a voice bank to call it so 400 sentences of which i'd maybe like to go back because i don't think they have bobag written in one so i might have to go back and re redo that imagine that not having that or tunnix tea cakes or something like that I don't know what you're talking about. I need subtitles now. What what they did with MND? You lose your voice. Oh no no! I would, but you said ball bag. Yeah. A ball bag. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what ball bag is. <laughs> That's okay there, because I wasn't sure I was going to explain that one. <laughs> so that wasn't on the on the four. You got me all red now. That wasn't on the four hundred sentences I have to do. <laughs> but it is now. Record. Well, not yet. But I might have to go have back to and do, yeah. Right, yeah. So what they do? They you you go and and record your your four hundred sentences. Right. So in later life, when you lose your voice... Because yeah. 80% of M&D sufferers do lose voice yeah. completely, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like your phone, your text messages, you, you maybe put a, a text and then you press a button and it comes out as your voice, which is quite a nice statement, not a computer-generated, but your, your accent. But again, it's eventually, uh, if, if everything goes pear-shaped, you, you communicate with your eyes onto mm -hmm. a, an iPad through some technology mm -hmm. and... Is that the way you want to live? Possibly mm -hmm. not, but you're still living and you still maybe mm -hmm. see your family and there's a lot of great people with a lot of mm -hmm. determination. And as you say, um, with Stephen Hawkins, still contributing so much, giving people so much hope. Um, but I guess that's the... But just, no, no, yeah. just on the Stephen Hawkins again, I think what kept him fresh, and you mentioned mm -hmm. this before, is this, this keeping your mind busy, mm -hmm. keeping your mind active. And I think that's a fantastic thing, not thinking about MND, not letting MND get into your life. And I think Stephen, with his, his fantastic intelligence, he had so much to do, as you mentioned, just kept him fresh. And with mm. myself, a very similar, definitely not to the same intelligence of, of, of him, on. but that's why I'm involved in the sewage world, you see. So we've got a bit of farming, a bit of sewage. That's what we do Monday to Friday. We do the afternoon speaking, one thing or another, and quite a lot. So things are quite active. And with that, again, as a biomarker, is that good for you? Is it not? Mm. Who knows? But it certainly helped me. 
Because one sort of cruel irony of this condition, um, at least a number of people I know that uh, have got it or died from it, they are sportsmen. And yet it's the... <clears throat> their very being is about physicality. And yet it's the thing... It's the condition that strips you of everything physical and leaves you trapped in your own body. Is is that part of the battle that you're facing at the moment, is, is tr- trying to almost redefine yourself? Because I know that's what Jared did. He said, actually, quite beautifully before he died, that he felt like this process of metamorphosis. Is that how you say it? Metamorphosis. The point is, he felt like he became a different person because of the condition. Um, he felt, in a way, lucky that he had to think differently because, you know, before it all been about rugby and now he had to think differently because he didn't have his body in the way that he used to. Yeah, definitely. You adapt to, to your disability without really complaining. He would be one of them because he's a good guy, mm. just gets mm-hmm. on with things. Mm. But you adapt in a way of a mental area as well because similar to myself, you just don't know what's around the corner. So you're a bit more forgiven, maybe, although the family probably don't see it that way, but you do a lot more for with the family. So family time, memories, ties, and this is where this journey's just been phenomenal. We, we walked onto the pitch with Scotland against New Zealand. Uh, quite an emotional day in a lot of ways um, for, for myself, family, because, again, we weren't sure of what the timetable was, but for the Scottish Rugby Union, Gregor Townsend, to do that, it just propelled the foundation and the awareness of MND to something that's difficult to explain. But for myself, that looking back on that day, it was just oh, idyllic in every way for all the correct stories. Um, and Scotland played really well. Well, yes. They, they, I mean, they didn't win. No, they but close, though. So it made it quite a, a lovely day to be involved mm-hmm. with. But there was a story behind it as well, because it was only maybe Wednesday I met up with the team, which was quite an emotional drive for myself going in to see the team first time ever since I've retired what, nearly 20 years ago so that was quite difficult because I was a great believer that now time is the new players and we had our time a long time ago so to go and meet the boys was pretty special and they also said at the lunch that they very kindly donate their jerseys to the foundation so the players and John Barkley and his team that hit me just not expecting that not really needing that just for what they were doing was outstanding so just to put icing on the cake all the players got behind that day and they said why don't you bring your boys so the biggest thing and the biggest thing on that day was what am I going to do how are we going to do this we're all going to walk onto the centre and um, we're we going to pass the ball together so I met Gregor Townsend in the tunnel and he says I hope you're not passing that ball together so yeah he says you don't want to do that because we are you'll probably just drop it <laughs> I thought, ah, yeah, maybe right. So that's why we just walked out without passing the ball because Gregor and Gregor has just been a phenomenal supporter in any functions or anything we're doing. So seeing him in the tunnel before didn't help the emotional aspect. But then, whether we can try and say this without getting too emotionally attached, I was thinking for a couple of days, like, what am I going to do with the kids? So the story behind it, I'll probably have to look away over saying this is I'll we'll all walk to the 15 yard line and I would leave them there and um, because this might happen in future life so <laughs> so that's how I did and that's how I went to the middle of my own just to say like, okay here we go kids there you go get used to it and see where we're going so we did that and that was <laughs> quite a, a tie but a good tie because the, the story in the picture was it stop it now um, but on doing that, John Bartley was brilliant. Kieran Reid was fantastic. Um, and Bowden Barrett came across and uh, Good day, Mike. What's going on? And can I have the ball, Mike? <laughs> so, ah, okay. <laughs> so he maybe didn't really know what's going on, which is brilliant. But the whole team were, were phenomenal in the nighttime, too. They were so nice as well. So, so that was a story there. What a memory. What a lovely memory that actually you might not have had the chance to create with your sons had it not been for MND. Exactly. And I think that that is the, the story there as well, what we're trying to, trying to attach to a lot of people. Because I mentioned we, we've had a, 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 the most amazing six months a year. New Zealand to watch the Lions as a family was just 
wonderful. That time to go and walk out to the New Zealand game was just phenomenal. Um, but a lot of other people are thinking of good times, but it might not be the same in London. But we had a tractor rally, oh. a local tractor, 200 tractors oh. <laughs> um, came out one day for the foundation. Now, a spectacular view in some ways. If you were stuck behind and want to go shopping, you were struggling. <laughs> but never been really done before to that sort of size. You, you, you're a big fan of tractors, aren't you? I am, you? yeah. John Deere, so we missed that, unfortunately. But 200 tractor drivers came for a day, had a bit of banter, and had a bit of smile, and the whole lauder came out. We were shooting the other day in a clay pigeon shooting locally, thanks to Wilson Young, Senior and Junior. And with that, my dad came and shot. My dad came and shot with my middle son. Um, so father, and I was there, so father and son and father and grandfather. Again possibly and would not have happened if it wasn't for the issue. So something which quite a serious thing is, is brought us well together. And, but we're making the most and we're probably very lucky because in doing this because we've given a bit of time. So mm. people like the, the, the young fellow who's 38, three months, mm. didn't have that. And that's when you can shed a tear mm. and it can be quite sad. It can be quite emotional. Um, because he didn't have that time with his wife and family and his young kids probably don't have the memories that mm. my kids will have. So in a way, quite lucky, if there is any luck. And just in, in bizarrely enjoying the, the fight yeah. for the cause. Um, let's talk a bit more about the cause because, um, again, I am always pretty amazed that more isn't known about this. Do you know anything about this KIF-5A gene that they've identified as being potentially faulty in MND sufferers? Not that number, no, but we have heard of genes being faulty. I think there's two major genes um, that have an issue because what we've managed to do, which is we'll with the trust and with the, mainly the foundation, we set the My Name's Doddy Foundation up really to find a cure or a stoppage mm. or something to give people with MND this chance, this option to to try and just give them a bit positive thinking because at the moment, as I mentioned, there's no option really. So with that, we embarked on an independent survey and um, with that, we managed to get the UK's top seven professors into a room, which was wonderful. It, wow. it was just, I had a biggest smile on my face for two reasons. One, we managed to do that, and one, they maybe wanted to come for the foundation or something. And they said in the past that they shared a lot of information, so if one centre needs so many blood samples, they'll, they'll fire it on, or, or genes or something, they'll mm -hmm. fire the data on, but maybe don't ask as many questions to see why, where and what. So they, they, they've always said that they meet quite often, but I think they meet at seminars, so don't have this private chat. So to get them in a room, the first time ever, I think, round the table was quite something for us to do as a foundation and possibly for the issue as well. So on the back of that, one of the areas is the gene issue. I think and it's come on in the last 20 years, something major. So every maybe week or so, there's a new gene coming to that. So, Because yeah, presumably, if you can identify a faulty gene, that's your first big step towards being able to diagnose mm -hmm. it and be able to find a cure. Because that's it's a very tricky and complex issue. Mm. And I'm not that clever, as I mentioned in the scan, there was no brain to be found. So, so w when that's done, the specialists have been looking at that for a number, King's College, Chris Shaw, Oh, yeah, I bet Chris Shaw, yeah, lovely man, yeah, yeah. Very nice, yes, yeah. and he's Colgan So, So they were at the meeting. Yeah, right. Um, oh, he's a brilliant man, and really interesting to listen to, isn't he? Yep, very nice, very helpful, mm. uh, which is wonderful. And we're, we're maybe looking to try and help him closely with a bit of a foundation of what he's doing. So, yes, yeah, so I understand that there's genes issues. Been to America to... to Take, give some blood in there to look and unfortunately I don't think I don't have this mutational gene in me so again it's this yeah yeah build up no 
which some people I think you get very negative about, but mm-hmm. I don't because there's a positive spin to that because mm-hmm. at least there's something being done. So with the genes, have you got it? No, don't worry. There's something else maybe happening. Mm-hmm. You got it? No, one thing or another. As long as I can see there's something being done, it gives you hope that one day you might have a positive mm-hmm. outlook. So, so yes, we have an understanding with that because we've got mm-hmm. a collaboration with Brian Kennedy. The old sale owner. Oh, okay. He's yeah, yeah. been very supportive. Yeah. He took my good lady and and I across to America to New York to yeah, to meet right. some specialists and to have a contact with them. Do you um, feel like the US are kind of making bigger strides than we are over here, or is it a part of a joined up approach between everyone? As you say, everyone's got to share information, haven't they, and knowledge? They do. Are they doing think, that? Well, I don't know. I think everyone wants to write the paper. The paper is to have the success and put their name on that. And you can see that and see what they're doing, whether they give everything away. It's like the Formula One, I put it, no one will, Red Bull won't tell their up-to-date information what they're going to do with the car. Yeah. They'll tell last year's information. Same with the All Blacks at rugby. Yeah, they won't analogy. tell you why they're doing so well this year, but have last year's analogy. And it's yeah. the same with, I think, MND. They won't be telling what they're working on because they want to write the paper. And the paper this isn't is, about competitions, this is about lives. Well, yes, but I think when you're up at that, the, 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 this is the hard thing to, to, to gather. A lot of people don't see it that way. Drugs companies don't see it that way. It's about money, it's about the drive, it's about being first sometimes, maybe outweighs the... And that's quite tricky and frustrating to take it, it yeah, that way. Massively. Um, but but it's encouraging nonetheless that progress is being made, albeit not a bit sort of fragmented. Yeah, definitely. I think we, we talked about the American market. It's lovely to go and see what's going on. Now, yeah. there's a couple of drugs that have come onto the American market that are not here in, the, in Europe because I think Europe has a stricter bond of medical um, certificates required. Right. So they've got to go through quite a series of extra testing. Right. You can always get really hard drugs over in America. I mean, not of the naughty recreational kind. <laughs> well, that's Just been the, somebody was in the office and offered me some of that, oh. the recreational, because oh. I think it has, has helped oh. in other forms of maybe neurological issues. Oh, so you mean smoking pot, like yeah. CBD oil? Yeah. Yeah. We but, cook with that at home, you know, sometimes. That's why you've got such a lovely glow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and again, but there's no biomarkers to say that it that does it help, does it not? And I think with MND it doesn't, but other neurological right. issues, I think it does. Parkinson's, yeah, for example, and certainly cancer. My mother-in-law actually has just finished chemo, and it's all looking good at the moment. But it certainly helped her the CBD oil. Certainly chilled her out a bit. She was stressing out a lot for obvious reasons about advanced ovarian cancer. And touch wood, she's looking good. But with, I think, if I, and, and lovely news to hear that. And mm. I think that's what's happening within the cancer at the moment. Mm. If you have that, and if I had that, I don't think the story would have been quite like what it is. Right. Because you've got options within, there's so many different drugs, so many pe- people mm. trying to find this big cure. But yeah. with that, there's new drugs coming on a daily basis for different types and shapes and size of cancer. Mm-hmm. So the patient has quite a number of options and with that, got a chance. But with MND, it's not, this is 20 plus years, yeah. 22 years has brought in the one and only drug. So America, there is a lot being brought on the market, but a lot of the scientists and people who are involved in the top end and understand the biology don't feel that it'll help you in a way so I think I, I don't know what you all, all did but he did quite a lot of number of specialised treatments mm. so when you go around the world getting treated do they work do they not are you putting your body through through a lot of stress for the actual gain of that drug and that's what I think a lot of people are looking at now people jump on the bandwagon maybe of some certain new idea right. but it has a very minimal effect because right. it's such a complex area mm. MND that the stress outweighs the actual mm. so there's an endarovin I think at the moment that you've got intravenous can't I think you maybe can just get it in the UK so you've got an intravenous 14 days on the dot then you go off for 14 days the actual long-term benefit might only be one to three months. 
Right. So if you're on a three-month and you've got a real aggressive MND, then yes, that will certainly help. Mm. But with myself in 18 months, it's not such a benefit for putting your body through that stress. Right. That's the way I look at it, and that's where sometimes my specialist team behind are looking as well. So do you feel on, on a personal level that you wake up feeling slightly different every day, or is it a weekly thing, or what? have you noticed physical changes that, with that sort of frequency? Um, not a daily basis, no, because it, it's affected my... A lot of people affects their arms, you see. So at the moment on my left, I can put my, my thumb up and down so yeah. I can do the thumbs. If I'm trying to give someone who drives erratically, it's not so easy, so I've got to go like that, which is not so cool. And I can't. Uh, for those <laughs> listening, Doddy is pushing up his middle finger. But I've got to use my other hand to do it, you see. So I, it's not so cool and it doesn't have the <laughs> doesn't same... It doesn't quite work. It doesn't <laughs> no, have the same impact. It's not the no. effect anymore. <laughs> so on my right hand, which was originally the strongest... You'll see there's quite a, a muscle decay just between the thumb and the first finger. Right. So now I only have the one movement. So I haven't got, what, it doesn't extend and right. comes in. Yeah. But when I go and drink, you see I've got to just push it down the side of the glass. Then I can get a hold of you it. Can grip so it, yeah. You're talking about Gerard a long time ago. You adapt mm. to things. So we adapt to what we can. So if I've got a pint in my hand, for example, mm. I've really got to deck the first half. Because <laughs> oh, it's, it's too heavy in my oh, hand right, to drink. I see. So instead of having a half pint in your hand, it's yeah. not so cool. Yeah. Got to deck the first. So again, see, because I've held that there for a long time, I can't. I've not got the power to right. to go up and drink again. I think that's part of the problem as well with MND is that um, from what I've heard, um, everybody has different first symptoms. So Jared's was he went to pass the ball and he couldn't sort of spin his thumb mm-hmm. over the top of the ball. For Stephen Hawkins, it was that that famous trip that we saw mm-hmm. on um, Theory of Everything, yeah. the film. Uh, for for um, Chris Broad, uh, the cricketer's wife, apparently it was slurred speech to begin mm-hmm. with. So because everyone's different, you can't suddenly go, actually, that's a sign of MND. You know, it, it has to be a combination of things, which, as you say, takes time. And that's the frustration as well, isn't it? It is. And I think the frustration as well, doctors maybe weren't aware of it. Because you right. come in with maybe a, you fall over or your hand and they'll say, oh, it's your shoulder losing or you've got a, a nerve or something that's not in the correct way or a muscle's not working. Like an old rugby injury or something. Yes, yeah. exactly yeah. that, yes. And they don't put it, necessarily put it down to MND. So now I think the awareness, a lot more doctors are aware of what's going on right. for the symptoms. Yeah. But yeah, there's a long line of, it took about three, four months from start to yeah. official diagnosis and you always think oh please let it be someone else but it wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, be something else not somebody else I've never ever ever thought of that from day one mm-hmm. I wish it wasn't me I wish it was somebody else because at the moment we're trying to do something about and we're maybe fortunate mm-hmm. the way we're the, the support's just been staggering yeah. do you know someone that I'm always really impressed with about MND and I don't know what her personal link with it is maybe there isn't one is princess anne have you talked to her because she's obviously patron of scottish rugby so she'd she'd i'm I'm sure love to support you and does but i've seen her talk about motor neurone disease a number of times she doesn't have any notes it's all up there and she speaks with real conviction like she knows her stuff which actually i think is really refreshing because they i'm sure a lot of people assume that members of the royal family or people in high positions in politics or whatever fed notes and told what to say but she really sort of talks from the heart and knows what she's talking about she's just a lovely lady she's just been a great supporter of Scottish rugby and yes yeah, she's involved in MND and whatever she does she she gives that 100% and mm. very knowledgeable and whatever she does but the, the help has certainly helped MND uh, in Scotland and, and worldwide with mm. her support because you don't get any bigger a name than Princess Anne and, and yep yeah, I think she might be on the uh, a patron possibly of MND Scotland yeah, as well yeah. which and she's been involved in that for a while yeah. and so she is greatly knowledgeable at not only MND but everything she is involved with because it's where her heart lines and just yeah. a lovely girl like a lovely family she has as well that you know so well oh, she knows her rugby she knows her, which I think we need to talk about your rugby now because um, a lot of people first became aware of you I mean obviously up in Scotland they've known you legend of Scottish rugby, 61 caps of your country and run out of Murrayfield many a time. But the 97 Lions tour. Now, you went on that tour and had 
what can only be described as a horrific injury from a complete scumbag South African. I'm sorry to say, it was the biggest cheap shot ever seen in world rugby. Tell us what happened. Yeah, well, getting the letter, first of all, was, was a major honour because uh, there's a lot of fantastic rugby players out there and playing for Scotland, you never think you've got a chance. So <laughs> being an officially invited to Lions is, is the pinnacle of anyone's rugby career. Um, only comes around every four years. So on the back of that, there's a lot of good rugby players for the country, but not being able to pull on the Lions jersey. So, so going on the, on, the, on the series to South Africa was just an amazing and uh, touching shoulders with a lot of the greats, Martin Well, they Johnson. weren't touching... Oh, no, Martin Johnson Martin probably would. Uh, but everyone else, way, way too short. Oh, yeah, no, Jim uh, Davidson. Yeah, the shorties are Austin Healy and <laughs> Matt Dawson were nowhere near the shoulders, but great characters in themselves. And I'm bringing it forward. No, it was lovely. But on, on one certain game in Mpumalanga, with Marius Bosman, they very kindly karate kicked my knee. And in doing that, knocked all my ligaments. And I was hoping it might be able to be fixed, but it was a three months possible operation ever yeah. required so so home I went so it's pretty but severe you didn't go home straight away though did you yeah I did but I came back oh that's it that's okay good. the reason being and it's just the luck that I've maybe had through the, the game of rugby is that my mum and dad it was the first ever away I think the last time they went on holiday overseas was their honeymoon so that would be 20 plus years prior to this tournament so they decided to come and support me so unfortunately I was flying home to see some specialists as they were flying out oh. to come and see me. So, Richard Branson, Virgin Airways, thank you very much because they gave me a ticket to go back and so did the Lions to go and stay with them and catch up with the family. That's um, amazing. Which w- was lovely. So it, it was but Also, it's a testament to your character because I think you were very popular in that camp and they wanted you back. You were kind of like talismanic in that respect. I don't know about that, but... Uh, you made them laugh, anyway. Well, we're on the social <laughs> committee, and, and, and along with John Bentley and a few other uh, heroes, but it was a wonderful trip. Keith Wood was phenomenal on that tour, and it was the first time of professional rugby, but the last time of amateur, and it was still treated as an amateurish, not in the preparation, but just in the way that everyone got out, went to speak to supporters, enjoyed themselves, had a couple of drinks bonded that way, got up to a bit mischief, which they might do now, but maybe not as much as they did then. And, and that's certainly an area I think that is maybe lost within the game, but mm. it was most enjoyable at the time. And also, in sense of broadcasting, it was a trailblazing tour because it's the first Living the Lions, which was really uh, legendary, that behind-the-scenes stuff. Because, and they do it on every Lions tour now, but that was probably the best one, wasn't it? Because it kind of showed you all at your best, as you say, still with that sense of uh, fun that you associate with the amateur era there was yeah I think nowadays they're all staged and all caricatured in, in it in some way and, and ours was totally uncut it was totally where we thought we were characters on the John Bentley in the gym goes on all the time when he's describing someone else and got the camera on somewhere else which could get him in trouble now in, now in today's world and environment but what it was a major gamble by the the management allowing cameras behind the scenes and seeing the raw emotion. Mm. But I think it's done a lot for the game, just to show people what the rugby players go about. Some of them making sick sick noises in the change room because the nerves and everything are so bad before they go out and play, the passion that's required, the training that goes on. And, And I'm just very pleased it was a major success because if lost the series and I think a lot of fingers would have been pointing to the hierarchy and the management but I think what they did and the players behind certainly showed it in in an unscripted manner Mm. uh, what you maybe need to do to try and win and I think from then it's been quite staged and not the same as the 97 Never would be I'm sure and you're so right with all these reality shows now it's just it is almost scripted as you say it's a bit too structured you want to see what people are all really about don't you? Well, you do, and yeah, just to, to see what they're for, and I think, mm. and, and that certainly showed that way what the intensiveness and what the reasons behind getting Martin Johnson as captain, because I think uh, Ian McGeekin uh, wanted someone very tall and powerful to stand up when they're tossing the coin, and he was the man certainly for that, and yeah. it certainly worked. And you've got the talisman like Keith Wood behind the scenes, you've got John Bentley being a little bit of a devil, catching people out. And you know who it might be. <laughs> uh, and then Rob yeah. Wainwright. I do vote, yeah. Anyway, um, 
just talking of that transition from the amateur to the professional era, that was something that you kind of were the sharp end of at Newcastle as well, because obviously they were owned by the same guys that owned the football club. So they were able to apply the professional principles, at least, to the rugby club as well. Did you feel um, that you were sort of streaks ahead of other rugby clubs in that respect? Never that confident of saying that, but possibly yes. I think Sir John Hall saw there were what he wanted, understood what he wanted. He's been very successful in what he's been doing. So got the best boys in for the team, which were Rob Andrews, Steve Bates and Dean Ryan, all from Warsaw. When they came up, they, they tried to put a team together and being the first, were able to go and maybe select players because no player would probably said no to have the opportunity to play the game that they enjoyed on a full-time basis. And myself and Gary Armstrong um, from Scotland were one of the first to go down. I think Gary signed five seconds before me because we were <laughs> both there. And it was there was never a question. Uh, it would be a no when Rob Andrew came on the, on the phone. But again, it was a lovely part of our career to be involved and be invited down there to go down and be at Newcastle, which is a lovely, a lovely, lovely club. We had a bit of success in the start and they've just found a little bit of success back, which is great, maybe after 20 plus years. Um, great memories, great time and still involved a little bit. Mm. So, And they, they put a game on for us at St James's Park just the oh, other day amazing. as well against Northampton, which was again another... My hometown. Northampton girl. Didn't go very well because Yeah, we've been relegated, haven't we? No. Have you? No, that's yeah. not so handy. No. Okay. No, that's not the best. Didn't know that. Oh, well. Okay. Well they were they didn't we'll do very well up. that day. Yeah. yeah. That, that day. And there was thirty no, plus thousand people at St oh, James's Park. God. Um flying the flag and it was just a wonderful mm. time. But yeah. Good memories, don't you? And what was it like, though, for a Scotsman to be going south of the border? I presume you want to play your club rugby up here, but in terms of pushing forward with your own career, it was the right decision to make. But what's it like playing in England? Well, it wasn't too bad because it's not real England, as no, a lot of people say, England. down in Newcastle. No. Yeah, it's still part it's of like Scotland. London, isn't it? It depends where the Hadrian Wall goes. Because <laughs> if they rebuilt that and anything north of that is Scotland, <laughs> then you could say Newcastle might be in Scotland. <laughs> so it's like playing at home. But it wasn't too, it, it's such a lovely, inviting city. It wasn't right. too far away. You're talking an hour from here. So it takes the same time. <laughs> I feel like I've come further from Edinburgh <laughs> Airport. Exactly, you do, I think, yeah. Wow. And, and, and that's the distance away, so it's mm. not that far. But just such a lovely place. So it was an easy decision for Gary and I to, because he commuted all the time. Did he? Yeah, that's all these six years he was here, he commuted down, got a, a house down near Corbridge, yeah. which was wonderful. And, and he's been a great support to you, hasn't he, particularly in, in recent months? Well, there's no doubt, yes is the answer, a definite massive yes. But the, the foundation is, is made up of uh, Scott Hastings. Um, mm. He's involved in MND Scotland and is, is a chair. And so he was the man who's chairing up our foundation. Uh, my name is Dolly Foundation. We've also got on the committee Finlay, Finlay Calder, who's been oh, yeah. exceptional. John Jeffries, our financier. Uh, Gary Armstrong is involved, the lovely and most fantastic Jill, Jill mm. Douglas, my old good lady, and Stuart Weir is involved in the media side of things. So we've got a uh, talk of the devil, I think. Um, so we've got a fantastic team that have been involved in the foundation. What a combination. Uh, what a combination. So there's no messing. <laughs> if there is, we'll set JJ and Finlay on. Yeah. Uh, and it's just been phenomenal that their hard work and and where we are is testament to them, but to the support we've received. And it's just overwhelming. Now, as an English woman, I can't sit here and not talk to you about the old rivalry between England and Scotland. I feel like it's a love-hate relationship. We love you, you hate us. Uh, what are your memories? You'll never get hated, anyway. You're just Come such a love. On. This has been my best interview for a long time. <laughs> Come on, I remember being up in Scotland and you beating us and it just being the best day of your lives. And... But wherever you go, you'll get drink bought for you. It won't matter, win or lose. <laughs> you'll be such a lovely smile. Oh. Uh, what are your memories of playing against England and um, particularly, you know, putting one over the, the English? Yeah, well done. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> you've talked about um, MND, now you've talked about my rugby career, you've talked about South Africa, me getting beaten up, me having a medical issue, now you're talking about Scotland, England, yeah, of which I played eight times and won none. So thank you very it. much. Yeah. Never even won one there. What is this story I've heard about you using slightly extended studs on your uh, boots when playing the English? 
Well, I don't like to tell them, but that was really in New Zealand. So what I do <laughs> is is a bit of a bit of fun in my after dinner speaking, <laughs> and they are. We did play in a number of games, and um, we do give certain English rugby players a bit of a doing because the, the game has changed. And, and mm. the question is, would I like to be involved in the game? Possibly not, because I think it's got a bit soft. Although a lot of players nowadays <laughs> won't agree with that. We had the thing called rucking in our day, which was fantastic legalised thuggery to get a hold of like Jeremy Guscott, Will Carlin, your good mates Austin Healy, Matt Dawson. The pretty boys. The pretty boys. They need roughing up a bit. They certainly did. It was an opportunity and these studs were, we got them in New Zealand actually and we did play in a number of games that were lethal, 25 mil like running spikes. So the chat is we'd, we'd put these on against <laughs> oh the likes God. of uh, Ireland or Wales and we'd say look and the referee would go, nah, Sorry, son, they're illegal, go and change. We put them on for likes of England, and the referee would go, good luck, go and get them. <laughs> Whether that's true or not, but, but that's, but we're allowed, and the rucking was a very big, important part of our game when we enjoyed it, but uh, it's since not, no longer allowed in the game, so it probably wouldn't like to be involved because we couldn't get a hold of these boys how we that's used to. It. So that's just one of the rules, but yeah, the, the big studs were certainly a part of my after dinner speaking. Do you have confidence in the, in the future of Scottish rugby at the moment? How do you feel about where they're at? I think we're in a very good place. I think this year showed where they are. I think there's Fern Cotter brought it, and I think Gregor Townsend's taking it further on, and it's quite an exciting time because luck maybe has changed because we've made a we've made a tartan for the foundation. It's called Doddy's Tartan, and it's made up of blue for Scotland, yellow and black for Melrose because Melrose is a very important part of my rugby career and black and white for Newcastle because again so it looked okay in a four inch patch like when you're painting the kitchen or the bedroom or this living room when you put the wee test of paint on but when you actually see the full wall painted you go oh my god well, my suit's a bit like that you look well and I think I mean oh. your colour um, so with that we, we launched the tartan this year in the Scotland England match thinking what are we doing because this could be a bad luck omen but we went on and won. And the continuity of that, the boys have been unbelievable. All down to the tartan? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Don't let them see any difference. It's got nothing to do with Gregor Townsend. It's all got to do with the luck at the tartan. But in a serious note, I think Scottish rugby is in a good way at the moment. The clubs are doing quite well. The international team's doing exceptionally well. They had the most amazing Six Nations, which was fantastic, which is really what it's all based on. They're heading away to the America, I think, at the moment to have a three-game test there, and within luck it will go well. So it'll keep the continuity going. And mm. there's a big game for them in in uh, November called Doddy's Cup, uh, Scotland v Wales down in Cardiff. Wow! And this just is testament to where we are and what people are doing to that, and very humbled and yeah. very shy. And with any luck, the cup has got the biggest handles that it can have just to emulate the size of my ears. <laughs> <laughs> but they are in a good place. And I think with with that, the way they, they performed against England was just yeah. the most amazing game yeah. and most amazing day. And it keeps the English rugby supporter quiet for maybe a year. Once every 10 years is maybe not so handy, but we'll take it. Mm. Now, uh, before we go, um, I just asked my guests a series of questions. I'd like to put to you as well uh, what advice would you give to your younger self and I guess maybe what you could do is apply this to your, your three te- teenage boys as well what advice would you give to the younger version of you though yeah and I think the life has maybe changed but have no regrets and enjoy yourself uh, that's, that's one of them but uh, and the main one as well and when I look back on where I am there's certainly I have no regrets on what I've done I would never do anything again that I've not done and enjoy it every day for what it is, because um, you don't know what's around the corner. Mm. But the other one that George Graham said to me, and it's very good, and I've said this to the boys quite, quite often, is never bring the police to my door. So in a way, do what you want, get up to as much mischief as you like, but never get caught. If you get caught and you get brought with the police back, you're in serious trouble. So just beware. Or, as the Lions, uh, Living with the Lions video indicated, so it's a case of mistaken identity. That could be an excuse, but whether you could get away with that is now is difficult because social media is an awful <laughs> and bad thing. That is very but yeah, true. Mistaken identity, very you could true. try that. <laughs> 
Uh, that was the infamous moment that yeah. you said on Living Your Lines. Just anyone that hasn't seen it, definitely worth looking up on YouTube. Um, and uh, another question is, what keeps you awake at night? Do you, do you worry? Do you worry about your current condition? Do you worry about the future? Or are you kind of at peace with it, that you're doing all that you can? What, what keeps me awake is possibly the, the future, yes. The future on a financial basis, because there comes a time where I probably can't work. And that brings a wee, quite a lot of pressure. And I think people in my condition will be exactly the same. And I'm fortunate where I am in a little way and the people I've got behind are certainly giving me great help. But that is my biggest worry, um, where we are, what we're going to do in the future and, and see how things are going. But at the moment, we've come a massive long way of things and tick boxes we want to do with the kids and the family. And in, in a way, we're semi at peace with things in some bizarre sort of way with who we are because we've done quite a lot of things and still got a lot of things to go and do. Mm. Um, what, what else would you like to do? Well, we're, again, just through being very fortunate, uh, and again, thanks to the Scottish Rugby Union, we're heading to Royal Ascot, so that'll oh. be a bit of a giggle. We see him in a, a bowler hat and massive ears. Uh, heading to the British Grand Prix, so thanks. Yes. Yeah, you going? We'll see you there. Yeah, definitely. I'll be there. Yeah, you'll be there, of so course. hopefully we can get some badges and be with you. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're there, I've never done that before, oh, so that's a couple You're going to love that. Tick boxes. So. Do you know, the, the crowds that come to the British Grand Prix are phenomenal. Yeah. It makes you so proud to be British, just the, the, the passion for motorsport and, and the amount of fans there. And you will get a great reception, Quite I promise excited, you that. especially hooking up with you again. So yeah. we're in a camper van in the middle of the course somewhere, so it's quite exciting. Oh, yeah. the best way to do it. I'm so excited for you. Honestly, you'll love it. Well, I, I've literally been going to the British Grand Prix since I was about eight years old, so yeah, I've uh, every time I go back, I just get goosebumps, just at the thought of it, because I grew up near Silverstone, so just the, the smell and so the noise so exciting I'm excited I was excited before but even more now so yeah, yeah brilliant. to see the delights and the, and the places so that's one and then we're heading away to a nice holiday in, in August so there's a lot of good tick boxes now and, yeah. and one thing or another so yeah um, but not what keeps me awake and it's just the, the stress of where we are in the future and how to look oh. after your wife and the family and how do you think it's changed you in terms of your, your outlook? I mean, you, you seem to have always been pretty proactive and, and, and positive, and you, you're continuing in that vein. But have you, have you changed anything in, on daily terms, in terms of your diet, in terms of your exercise, or, and also in terms of your outlook and attitude to people, life? Do you sort of cut the wrong ones out now? Don't suffer fools gladly? You haven't got time for them, have you? Well, I don't think there's many wrong ones that I've ever met. I don't know why that is. There's a lot of good people. And and the benefit of where we are, it's it's brought brought a lot of lovely people together. And meeting you today is very special as as well. And on the back of that, that's the story and the journey we are. And it's pretty bad in picture, but it's been phenomenal off the support. Very humbling, very difficult to, to say, but... Probably not. If anything, we're, we're more embracing the world of life and trying to tell people to do, don't wait for tomorrow because it might not come. And mm. I thought it was fit. I had things set up. I had a huge company that's going and still going very well. Hutchinson's environmental solutions going well. And a wee small holding that's there. And I thought everything was fantastic for maybe 20 years' time when you decide to retire. Now, will I make it? Will I not? Do you know? Do you get hit down like this? Gerard, we mentioned before, you never expected this to come. And, and that, to me, is what I would like to drive people is don't wait for tomorrow. Mm. Don't wait. Oh, I've not got time to go out for tea with the kids so I'm not going down and watch them play because you just don't know where you are. Mm. And A, it's beneficial for the kids to see mum and dad and everything supporting, but also spending time with them is, is quite valuable because you just mm. don't know where that value is coming from. So with me, rugby career, I've done that really since I was 19, just enjoy things. So if you've got an opportunity to do something, do it. And then if you don't like it, then you don't do it again. So bungee jumping and just occasions like that. You would, need a reinforced rope. <laughs> well, there was, there was a bit of a fight <laughs> the first time where Alan Watt was there, and he was 25 stone, so the fight was to go in before him in case he stretched the rope. So, <laughs> But we all did it in New Zealand this year again, oh, brilliant. Uh, which was quite fun of all the kids and good lady. So just, there, there's no change. And I think, if anything, it's, it's walk around with a smile on your face mm -hmm. because we're lucky to be here and enjoy it while you can, and that's what I've always done. And, 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, it's just been fantastic. But again, the support, I think, has given me a, an extra little buzz to mm, get on and bet. crack on. And so what it. would you like your legacy to be? Would you like it to be a cure for MND? Would you, I mean, obviously that would be phenomenal. But, but what would be the ultimate legacy for you? That would be the ultimate. Um, Talk about legacy. I'm just lucky where we are and the support. There's nothing I really think about. And I, and I, I must admit, it's still quite difficult to believe of what we've done and the support we've received because, again, I'm just a, a humbling little borders boy who's a fashion disaster and wears tartan suits that <laughs> not quite cottoned on yet. But uh, with that, love to try and find a stoppage or a cure to this most horrific disease because I think that's where I am at the moment and then to do that would be just fantastic so I can stay around for a lot longer with friends and family and ultimately try and thank them for the support that we've we've generated Amen to that We're with you Donnie, good luck Thank you so much for your time today Thank you very much Most enjoyable Most enjoyable hour plus I've ever had so thank you Great stuff Thank you Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.